I would not apply to jobs because I didn't have a college degree. And that was the only line that was required on the entire job description. And I just didn't apply. And I might have been able to get all of those jobs without my college degree. Because the jobs that I ended up getting, they all didn't require one. Even if they did say that it was required. When I got into the interview, not a single person asked whether or not I had a degree. Not a single person asked what I learned in my economics program. Not a single person asked me about my college curriculum at all. There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Before we get into today's episode, it is a special episode. I am by myself, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But more importantly, the setup is completely different than what I normally do. And because of that, I made a couple of mistakes. So the audio is a little bit lower quality than normal. It won't happen again, and it's not going to happen again next week. That said, enjoy this week's episode. All right, and we're back with the Degree Free Podcast. First off, this is going to look a lot different if you're watching on YouTube because you're in my office. Our studio is still not set up, and so I'm doing this in my office. Also, this is a very special episode of the Degree Free Podcast because I am doing this one solo. Hannah and I have times where we're scheduled to do these episodes, but she's been super busy and we've been really busy with running the actual business because content creation isn't what we do full time. So because she's got other things to do, I am in here and it might be like this for the next couple of weeks because we are super busy. We haven't really talked about what we've been up to with the business side of things on the podcast very often. We might start talking about that a little bit in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So stay tuned for that. But without any further ado, I have a couple of things that I want to get to today. I promise this is going to be a heater, but just give me a little bit of leeway because we've been doing this podcast for two years now. And I either have Hannah as my crutch or I have a guest on to help bounce ideas off of an interview. And this is the very first time that I am doing this solo. So I have my usual things that I want to talk about prepared. It's just I don't have anybody else to bounce those off of. So here we go. Also, this is a good one to do YouTube if you aren't already on YouTube because I'm going to try out a few different things and I might share my screen and show you what I'm actually looking at. So this is a perfect one for YouTube. If you haven't already seen us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But for everybody listening in audio, I'll make sure that you don't miss anything either. All right, let's jump into it. The first thing that I want to talk about is a report that Payscale put out, the end of year report for 2023. This thing is crazy. The thing that I want to talk about in a second, which is the increasing demand for jobs and then also seeing where people are quitting their jobs. So we're going to get there in a second. That's initially what caught my eye about this report. But then I went and I read this webpage and I'll put links to everything degreefree.co forward slash podcast that you can find this as well. But then I read this thing and this thing is crazy. It would take me all day to go over what this report said, but I'm going to go over a couple of things and I'm going to start this new format right now because I can. So 
on YouTube, you're going to see me share my screen. I'll share it right now. This is crazy. I'm just going to jump into the very middle of it here. And it's basically talking about why are jobs not being filled? And so jobs are not being filled and it's not just some industries. When we compare job openings to hires, we see that every industry is struggling. Those experiencing the most trouble attracting qualified candidates are finance and insurance and healthcare. But nearly every sector is struggling with the exception of retail. If this is the case, why is the job search so discouraging? There are multiple explanations for this phenomenon, which are described in detail below. And then there is a chart that shows all of the different industries that have percentages of openings in their industry. And so once again, finance and health insurance and healthcare are at the top with about 5% in finance and insurance and then healthcare at 4%. But what I really loved about this, this is laid out really, really well for those people that don't read these things very often. I read these all the time just due to the nature of my work. I really love it when they're made for, you know, dummies like me and they put it all in the headings and they make nice little graphs for you. Here's why payscale.com thinks that there are so many open roles. The first thing is that hiring managers are being too picky. And I'm not going to go and bore you with reading this whole thing, but I did want to jump into the middle here, which is Employers should also be warned about being overly picky. It is not recommended to hire candidates with 100% of the skills listed in the job advertisement, as this would mean that the candidate has already mastered that job and has no room to grow in the role. Employers who only want to hire people with 100% mastery of the position may need to be prepared to pay them on the upper end of the pay scale. We have been saying this forever. If you fit 100% of the job qualifications, you are overqualified. And so 20, 30% of the job qualifications, 50% of the job qualifications, that's plenty. Just apply. You never know whether or not they're going to hire you. It is not your job as the job seeker to eliminate yourself from the job search. It is not your child's job if you're helping your child find their first job to eliminate them from the job search. That's the hiring manager's job. That's the recruiter's job. I know that recruiters and hiring managers, they absolutely hate it when I say this because it makes them do more work, but that's their job. They're literally getting paid to do that. They're literally getting paid to go through applicants and to go through candidates to make sure that they fit this role. So don't self-eliminate and apply anyway, apply fearlessly. The other reason why they're citing that they have so many open roles is that jobs are undesirable to candidates. Also, pay ranges aren't included or are too wide. And we've talked about this all the time. Pay ranges should be included all the time. It's not like if you have a bunch of experience that you're going to get paid commensurate to that experience. No, all companies have a budget for that role. You might get paid based on your experience within the predetermined range that they have. That makes sense. But it's not like if you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and then you apply for an entry-level marketing role, it's not like you're going to get paid that CEO salary in that entry-level marketing role. I understand that that is an extreme example, but it paints the picture of these companies 
have a range and they should just be telling us. They should just be showing it. Hey, this is $60,000 to $75,000. This is $60,000 to $65,000, somewhere in that range. Okay, well, then we can negotiate it there. That's what our budget is. And then just to round this out, the last few things is that they talk about is like the work environment or benefits are off-putting. And then Gen Z is turned off by the company's hiring practices. And then finally, job descriptions are unreasonable or unclear. And all of those factors combined are all contributing to these job roles being open and not filled. That was crazy for me to see. I really love that part about fitting 100% of the job qualifications. And I know from personal experience, I didn't apply to jobs unless I fit it pretty much 100%. And it was a large reason of why I went to college. And I've told it this story on the podcast before, and I'll keep telling it as long as this podcast exists. I would not apply to jobs because I didn't have a college degree. And that was the only line that was required on the entire job description. And I just didn't apply. And I might've been able to get all of those jobs without my college degree, because the jobs that I ended up getting, they all didn't require one. Even if they did say that it was required when I got into the interview, not a single person asked whether or not I had a degree. Not a single person asked what I learned in my economics program. Not a single person asked me about my college curriculum at all. They wanted to know about how I could bring value to that role. And I was applying to all these entry-level positions as somebody that held a bachelor's degree. I'm pretty positive that all of the banking jobs that I got, I could have got without my degree. I know it because they didn't ask me about it at all. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Degree Free Podcast. At Degree Free, we wanna help everyone thrive and succeed without needing a college degree. And the only way to truly reach everyone is with your help. If you're getting value out of this episode, or if this is your second, third, or fourth episode that you're tuning into, if you could just ship this to a friend, just click that one button and share it with someone in your contacts or on your stories. It would mean the world to us and more importantly, gets our message out to more people who need help getting out of their current situation. If you could do that right now, that would mean a whole lot. If that's you and you are like, oh, well, I don't fit 100% of it. Just know, I totally get it. This is your permission to just hit apply. And if you are helping your kid out and your child is thinking about going to college and be like, well, they're never gonna get a good job unless they go to college. Just check your bias. Like, is that true? Should they just start applying to jobs and just see if the jobs that they want, they can get right now, they can land a role, an entry-level role in that industry? Well, well, should they just start applying? Yeah, sure. Help them get their resume together and then just start applying. And if they get the role, if they get called back for interviews and they get hired, we just save five and a half years and $100,000. Moving on, this is what I really wanted to get into, which is why I was a first drawn to this article and to this report was top in-demand jobs by fastest growing wages. I thought that this was such an interesting way to talk about demand for jobs year over year wage growth. And so here are the top in-demand jobs by wage growth. Eight out of the top 10 are in the service quote industry. I'll read them for people listening. And so 
assistant manager customer service is number one with a median pay of 44 grand and a year over year wage growth of 24%. Number two is going to be hairdresser, hairstylist, 34 grand, 22% year over year wage growth. Three is master plumber, 82 grand for plumbers, 21% growth. Four, automotive body repair, 52 grand, 21% year over year growth. Five, job coach, 36 grand, 21% year over year growth. Six, audio visual technician, 57 grand, 20% year over year growth. Seven is animator, $71,000 a year, 19% year over year wage growth. Eight is fitness coach. $51,000 a year, 19% year over year wage growth. And then roofer, $51,000 a year, 19%. General manager, 70,000, 18% year over year wage growth. What piqued my interest the most out of all of this, and I buried the lead a little bit, was the jobs people are seeking to quit. And they have a whole bunch of jobs that people are seeking to quit. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to go over them and let's talk about it. So there's 15 top jobs that people are looking to quit and people quit the most in 2023. And so it goes from number one is senior product manager with a median pay of 144,000. And then 15 is patient care coordinator, $46,000, 58% seeking a new job. What was interesting about this is that it is tech and it's healthcare, right? The healthcare workers are trying to leave because they want a different lifestyle. And a lot of them are thinking, well, I'm getting really burnt out with this job. Like think about the nurses, which should nurses RN, right? Specifically. And they, they then specify emergency room RNs, medium pay, $80,000, $79,000. And then 60% are seeking a new job because they're really just getting burnt out. Same thing. That's number five on the list. And then you go down just a little bit more. Number 11 on the list is registered nurse critical care. I mean, it's pretty much apples, apples. And so both of these RNs are looking to get into new jobs. And a lot of them are looking to leave the healthcare industry altogether. What this doesn't encompass is the reasons why people are leaving. And while majority of this list is made up of tech and healthcare, they are both leaving their roles and seeking new opportunities for two completely different reasons, right? Healthcare, for the most part, people are leaving because they want a different lifestyle. They don't like the hours. They don't like the work. They don't want to deal with the stress of the job. And they are looking to get into completely new fields. Get them out of healthcare, get them behind a desk, sit down, move some numbers around on a screen, something like that. Do something completely different. And we've talked a lot about this before with healthcare specifically, especially with like RNs and doctors, things that traditionally cost a lot in years, but also in money and college and schooling and things like that. 
for a lot of these healthcare providers, they never done the job before. They just thought, okay, well, I'm going to become a nurse. So, oh yeah, that's how you make a good living. That's how you make money. And that's how you become happy. Then they go to school for seven, eight years, and then they get out of it and they do their first shift. And they're just like, wow, this sucks. And then they do it for a few more years and they're in debt. So they have to service their debt payment every single month. And they're getting run down from the job as well. And they're just like, whoa, I need to find something completely, completely different to do. On the tech side, it's completely different. People are looking to leave their tech jobs so that they can move into similar roles or more advanced roles in their industry. And so it's completely, completely different. The healthcare workers want to get out because it's not what they thought. They need a better quality of life. The tech people are looking for new jobs because they're always looking for new jobs. They always want to get paid more. They like their work. They just think, well, how do I make this next jump? How do I make the next jump? How do I make the next jump? And we've talked about this before on this podcast, but the best way to make more money is to leave the job that you're at now and go get paid more money somewhere else. It's really simple when you think about it. If you're at the job that you're at now, it shouldn't work that way, but it does. And it's really simple if you think about it. If the place that you're at right now is paying you for easy math, $100,000 a year to do your job, why are they going to pay you $150,000 a year to do the same job or something similar? And so they already have you for $100,000 and that's what they think that you're worth. But another job that doesn't know you and doesn't have a work history with you, they would be willing to pay you $150,000 because they're not already paying you hundred grand. They're not anchored to that hundred grand. And so, I mean, just go think about it. What if you walked into your boss's office tomorrow and you asked for a 50% pay raise? They would probably, I mean, all my bosses would literally laugh at me. And my very first negotiation, and I've talked about this on the podcast, my very first negotiation with somebody literally laughed at me. And I wasn't even asking for 50% extra. I was asking for like 20% extra or yeah, six grand on 30 grand. So it was like $37,000 is what I asked for. And I ended up getting paid 31, but she literally laughed at me when I asked for 37,000, which was not funny at the time. Well, it was kind of funny. And, uh, this is really sad type of way. Those are the things that I wanted to talk about from this payscale.com 2023 year end report. Once again, I will put it in the show notes to griefree.co forward slash podcast for everybody to look at and see for themselves. And the next thing that I wanted to talk about is an email that we received. We receive this type of email every once in a while. I've never answered back or I hardly ever answer back just because we get so much inbound. And please email us, contact at degreefree.co. I think going to the YouTube comments is probably the best way to get a hold of us. And so I would encourage you to go to the YouTube comments. And if especially if you have ideas for the show and you know, comments on what we're actually talking about, that way other people can join in on the conversation as well. And so YouTube is the best place for anything content related. But yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, we're very easy to get in touch with. Contact at degreefree.co. We try to get back to as many people as possible, but the reality is, is 
there's just not enough time in the day. With this email in particular, though, I felt compelled to write something back. And then also you can go to degreefree.co forward slash contact or just go to the website and scroll down to the footer. And then there's a contact us form. That's probably one of the best ways to get in touch with us as well. So I'm going to anonymize who this person is, but I wanted to talk about this email because it had a very large impact on me for many reasons. So let's just get into it. This person went to our contact form and they filled it out. And so this is what the subject was. Subject was hire me. The body of it said, are you hiring? I am a math teacher and I need out exclamation point. Okay. So I'm going to read you the response of this. And then we're going to talk about this a little bit. I felt compelled to reach out to this person and I'll, I'll just read you what I wrote. And once again, this is anonymized and I'm going to read you verbatim exactly what I wrote so that you know the information as well. And then I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Hi, Jesse. This is Ryan Maruyama from Degree Free. Thanks so much for reaching out. We're currently not hiring. I usually don't respond to these types of emails because we get so much inbound. But I felt compelled because I want to help you out in whatever small way I can. I wanted to say that I completely understand when you need to get out of your current career. Hannah and I have been there ourselves. Don't take this the wrong way. I'm going to say this with the intention of helping you out. If you get offended, I apologize. You need to get better at this portion of the job search. I wouldn't hire you by reaching out like this because I have no idea what your skills or abilities are. As a potential employer, you gave me a chore to figure out how a math teacher can fit into my organization. That's the exact opposite of what we want to do as job seekers. As job seekers, we want to make it as easy as possible for the employer to see us in their organization. Next time you reach out like this, to a future employer, reach out with the value that you can add to their organization. A better way could have been, quote, as a math teacher with a passion for empowering individuals, I am well equipped to contribute to your organization's mission of teaching success without a college degree. I can bring my expertise in developing critical thinking and problem solving skills to both help teach students and solve operational problems, end quote. Something like that would have made it much clearer about how you can bring value to me as an employer. We have a ton of information on this type of thing in the backlog of our podcast, and I hyperlinked our podcast. Just search, quote, Degree Free on YouTube, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. We put out new episodes every week, a few episodes you could start with, and, and I'll put the episodes that you could start with as well in the show notes, degreefree.co for slash podcast, and that's going to be episode 114, episode 115. And those are the two interviews that I did with Hannah, where Hannah tells her story about going from a $28,000 call center worker to making $70,000, like 45 days later. And then six months later, you know, breaking six figures and basically never looking back. And then episode 63, Drake Porter as well. He talks about basically going for unemployed. He had a pretty similar story. He was unemployed and then he now makes almost half a million dollars. It says $385,000 a year in the title, but Drake and I talked about it behind closed doors and he said he figured out the compensation wrong. And so it's closer to half a million, but I think we're splitting hairs at this point. I hope this was helpful. Good luck, Ryan. Okay. So 
I wanted to read that to you so that everybody's on the same page. And so the positive of this all, and I'll start with the positive, is that she reached out. Right? I'm assuming it's a she. I, I have no idea. Jesse is a pretty neutral name, so I, I'm not sure. I mean, that right there, the fact of reaching out, is more than 99% of what people will do. And so that is huge right there. We can't take that away from this person. We can't take that away from Jesse. Where there are room for improvement with any job search things, whether you're helping your child get their first experience in an industry, their first job, or you yourself are trying to change careers, you have to remember that it's your job to make it as easy as possible for the hiring manager to hire you, you know, or your child. You don't want them to exhaust any brain power thinking about how you might be able to fit into their organization, right? It's their job to hire you. It's not their job to convince themselves of why you should be hired. That's your job. It's your job to convince them of why you should be hired in their organization. It's their job to hire you. And so if nobody's ever said that to you before, because they don't teach this kind of stuff in school, I'm, I'm telling you now, just knowing that, more than 80% of people in the job market know because 80% of the people are just like, this is what I've done. And do you have any roles for me? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know you. Right. And so you have to sell yourself to me, the future employer, especially in this case, when there's no open roles, like she wasn't applying to a job. Right. So don't just state your job title, like a math teacher. I have no need for a math teacher in my organization. Right? I don't teach people math, but we do educate people, right? We educate a lot of people. And so talking about your experience in education, talking about your experience of teaching things to people, well, that could be huge, right? Like that could be huge, right? Talk about your experience being a leader or whatever your experience is and how that can fit into the organization is huge. And so that's the next point which is personalize the approach to the business or the role. And so, like I said before, I have no need for a math teacher, but if you looked at our website and saw what it is we want people to do there, then you'll start to get a picture of what the business actually is and does. So let's just say, okay, you go to the degree-free website, degreefree.co, you'll, you'll see the degree-free launch program. We haven't really talked about it in this podcast. It's one of the reasons why Hannah's not here today, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay, so what is that? And you have to like, okay, we'll read the copy. What is the action that the business wants the person that's on the site to take? So they're teaching people something. That sounds like ex exactly what I do. All right, I have experience teaching people. Awesome, let's talk about that. Okay, you, you look at that and say, okay, they're teaching people, that's awesome. And then also you think, okay, well, because I'm a teacher, and I have experience in teaching, I know that there's a lot of behind the scenes operational work that needs to be done to set things up and maintain those systems. Perfect. I can talk about that. Okay. Now you look a little bit deeper and you're like, well, they have a weekly podcast. I don't have any direct experience with content creation, but I do have experience in planning, lesson plans, communication, right? You have to communicate those lesson plans and then project management. That's all teaching is, right? Planning, communicating, managing, perfect. Well, find some way to talk about how all of that fits into 
whatever organization that you're looking for. Wow, they're huge on TikTok. Let's see how I can help them there. That whole process right there, that doesn't have to take long. It's a couple of minutes. When you're first starting out, it might take an hour or so max because you don't really know what you're looking for. You're just, okay, what are they trying to do? Okay, what is their business really? How are, how are they making money? Okay, how can I fit it within this organization? Might take an hour. But then once you figure it out, 15 minutes. 15 minutes per, per company, per role. Now that might seem like a lot of time to you. But the reason why it's worth your time especially in this case, it's because there's no job listing. You're not competing with anybody. Unlike a job listing where they post externally on Indeed, on ZipRecruiter, on LinkedIn, hey, we're hiring. There's nobody else that is giving them inbound. Nobody else is also applying for these roles. They're not getting hundreds of hundreds of applications and you're not competing with hundreds and hundreds of people. So your quality of application, which is basically what this is, the quality of your reach out can be much higher. And if much higher, you have a much better chance of being noticed. So it does take 15 minutes to an hour if you're new for each thing. You have a much better chance of getting a more positive response back. And I'll highlight the problem as well. The problem here is that they just might not be hiring, right? And so like this example, no matter how good the reach out was, there's like a 99.9% .9 chance I wouldn't have hired them because I'm not hiring. But once again, going back to what we talked about earlier in this podcast, it's not your job to self-eliminate. It's my job as the future employer, as a potential employer to eliminate you. And so you never know. It only takes one yes. And so you figure out how to systematically do this 15 minutes for each company. You do this like eight times a day. It takes a couple of hours. Boom. There you go. You have eight quality reach outs and who knows, maybe nobody gets back to you ever, but if one person gets back to you and puts you on the scent of a potential job that you can go apply for at another company, at a sister company, at a brother company, whatever, it was worth it. It was worth it. Absolutely. This is a great strategy to do, especially with small businesses, right? I'm talking less than like five people, right? One person businesses is best because lots of times the business owner is so busy working on the business that they don't have time to consider or hire someone else. They're so busy working on the business, working on scaling the business that they haven't even thought like, oh, I could really use a right hand man. And if they were thinking about it, they obviously haven't had time or the energy or the effort, expended the effort to go and make a job posting somewhere, which is perfect for you because you can be that person. And so if you are trying to gain your first experience, if you're trying to get your kid their first experience in a certain role, this is a perfect, perfect way to do it. Them walk in there and do this whole thing. Walk onto their website, send this email. I don't have any experience doing whatever it is that you guys do, but I have done this project at school. I've done this project at school. I do this on my free time. I do this on my free time. That's why I think I can 
bring operational efficiencies and I can help you make more money doing whatever it is that you do. And once again, to Jesse that wrote this, this is 99% of people wouldn't have sent the email. So you're going in the right direction there. And to everybody else that needs permission to send these types of emails, like, I mean, I'm just giving all kinds of permission today, right? 2024, it's a new year. It's, it's about to be the end of January soon. If you're looking for your child to get that first job, if you yourself are looking to change careers, and if you feel you need to fit 100% of the job qualifications before you apply, this is your permission to just apply anyway, to apply fearlessly. The worst that's going to happen is you'll never hear anything back. This is also your permission to write these personalized emails because if you don't hear anything back, who cares? It took 15 minutes of your life. What else are you doing in that 15 minutes? That's really all I had on the docket for this week. I actually have a couple of things, or I think I have one big thing that I want to talk about next week. And I think that I'm going to be by myself again next week. I have a bunch of guests lined up as well coming up soon. So definitely stick around for that. Really, really, I know I ask it every week. Let me know how this episode was in the YouTube comments because it means a lot to me. We thought about canceling this week's episode and, and just putting on like a rerun or something. But if you've listened to my story at all, like the podcast means a lot to me. It doesn't really make a lot of business sense that we do it. To be honest, we've had a lot of conversations internally about possibly cutting it because it doesn't really serve a lot of business purpose. So Hannah and I had to like talk about like, why do I like to do it or, or, or why do I fight to keep it alive? And it's because when I was a bartender, I listened to podcasts to get out of my situation. I didn't know anybody else around me that was trying to get out of the situation that I was in, out of the food service industry and out of that lifestyle. And I didn't know how else to improve my life. And I found these resources, which are podcasts, which are completely free to listen and to surround myself with all these people. And the people that I listen to became my mentors and what I consider to be my friends, which is, I mean, kind of crazy if you think about it, right? Like these people are your friends. You don't even know. I never talked to any of these people, but it was how I got out of my situation. And so it means a lot to me that I show up every week for you you know, full, hopefully so that you get out of yours and get into a better situation. If you like this episode or if you didn't like this episode and you want me to talk about something next week or the week after that, you want to put something in the docket, go to the YouTube comments. That's the best place to do it. I think Spotify has like a comment area now too. You can do it on Spotify, leave us a review on Apple podcasts and write something there, whatever. The main thing is that you just keep it up and I'll see you guys next week. Aloha.